welcome back to the Super Coach Sanctum podcast. My name is Jasper Chelifar, and I am joined, as always, by Matt Forrest and Will Cuxon. We're here to digest round two and look ahead to the to the to round three and the all important break even game. Um, Matt, how are you? I'm very well, Jasper. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well myself. Uh, and Will, how are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Jasper. Had a had a nice score on the weekend, so pretty happy about that. Oh, yeah, go through it, Will. How, what did you score on the weekend? How did your, how did your primos go? Ended up with uh, 2,251, which was, which was good. Helpful, helpful to have a few of those Swans rookies. Um, but uh, I think Lock, Lockie Neal and Caleb Daniel let me down a bit. But um, yeah, it would have gone really well with them, with them going big. But yeah, pretty happy without them. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb also let me down, unfortunately. Um, Matt, how did you go on the weekend? Yeah, just pipped you both. Uh, 22.73, so... Um, pretty happy, but same boat as Will having Lockie Neal and Caleb Daniel scoring poorly, um, along with a couple other blokes who just, you know, had good first halves or first quarters and, and didn't continue on. I'm looking at you, Timmy Taranto and Jack Zebel for your, <laughs> your various reasons, but, um, yep. no, I'm pretty happy with the score, especially after a sub 2000 round one. So onwards and upwards, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I got close to your mark, uh, but I, I, I ended up um, probably in the red vest, if you'd call it that, uh, 22, 30 odd. Um, so probably not a good round by me, but I think in Supercoach standards, we ended up in, we, we ended up in the right place, us three. Um, on the way up, green arrows. Um, so let's, let's go ahead. Round three is so important because of the break-even game. Um, and it's probably the, the, mo- the round where you should be using your two trades um, this year. Uh, Obviously, price changes uh, go ahead after three rounds of everyone playing. Um, so we're gonna we, we need to make the trade to look for break evens and get rid of your primos such as Lockie Neal that are not gonna that are not gonna be generating you cash. Actually, gonna be losing you a lot of cash this year. Up to like seventy five k, I think it is this year for Lockie Neal. So let's look ahead. Um, who do you who do you guys have as the must-haves in defence, rookie-wise. Um, I might start with you, Matt. There, who do you have in the in, in defence? There's only really one at the moment, and it's Tom Highmore. He's um, averaging 68 and 68.5, coming off a score of 77 on the weekend. I think most people will have him in their side because he's been pegged as a defensive rookie playing early all preseason. He's obviously getting his games, so I don't think it's an uncommon one. And, and the people that don't have him. Um, probably aren't monitoring their super coach that frequently because he's been obviously one of the only real rookie options in defense. Um, obviously, Chapman debuted on the weekend for Fremantle. I don't think he's a must-have just yet because he's played the one game. And the same with Murray for Adelaide. So I think there's yeah. just the one. Obviously, Kaczynski has played a couple of games and Harry Sharp has also played two, but neither of them are really scoring well enough to... Um, expect them to really jump in price and value and uh, I'd probably be looking elsewhere at other lines to get those must-have rookies at this stage. So on the bench, obviously we have two on the bench in the um, defence. Would you have Sharp or Cozzy um, back there as your, as your D8? Um, well, I actually have both of them on my bench, so I'm in a, a slightly oh, different on boat. ground. Yeah, Highmore's yeah. on ground. Um, I'd probably lean more towards Kaczynski because I think that he's, even though he's a key forward, Hawthorne is very much rebuilding at this stage. I don't know how long Sharp's going to stay in the side. Um, one yeah. benefit from Sharp is that 
or one thing to benefit him is the fact that Brisbane are now stranded in Melbourne for the foreseeable future. Um, and they only have the squad of 26 with them at this stage. So despite him having a poor game, I would, wouldn't be surprised if he stayed in that lineup for at least one more week, um, which will mean he'll generate some cash. Whereas if they were flying back to Brisbane and had uh, the full you know, availability of the squad, he might have missed out. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Brisbane obviously playing at Marvel um, this weekend. It was meant to be at the Gabba, but um, that's been changed because of the uh, Brisbane COVID outbreak. So a squad of 26 is in Melbourne right now for, um, for the Brisbane Lions. And Harry Sharp, yeah, that's, that's a beneficiary right there, Harry Sharp. Um, he may look at holding his spot there, which is quite fortunate for him. Um, moving on, Will, who have you got in the midfield who you think are the must-haves and you should be bringing in um, this weekend? If you don't have him in your side, you've got to get Errol Goulden into your team. Um, he's been outstanding the first two rounds. Dropped 138 in round one and 136 in round two. Just leaves him with a break-even of minus 206. Um, so, if, yeah, if you don't have him, get him in immediately because he's going he's gonna to generate a hell of a Captain's lot of cash. Captain's the option, I've heard. Captain's the option. <laughs> it's, uh, it's slightly outrageous, but, you know, it's worth, worth the punt if you're willing to take it, I think. He's... Um, yeah, he's looking looking really good. And another one um, might be James Jordan um, for Melbourne. He's looked looked pretty solid in his first two hitouts. Got a break even at negative eighty seven at the moment. Um, so yeah, he's another option as well. I don't have him, but I think I'll be looking to bring him in this week. Beautiful. Um, any thoughts about Tom Powell? He's played a lot forward after a lot of Sandful um, Colts in the midfield. Obviously, he was an absolute ball magnet at the lower edge, but. Um, what do you think about his role going forward? And is he, is he a must-have? Uh, I do think that he's probably a must-have. He's on the slightly more expensive side for rookies at 153.3K. Um, he did score a 75 after he moved into the midfield and he, he scored quite well in his debut when he did get those midfield minutes and those centre-bounce attendances. Um, Noble has said, though, that he, he's expected to put on a bit of size and he's probably going to get bullied around a little bit whilst he's still quite skinny, but he does have a really good knack at finding the footy and then using it pretty well. So don't expect fireworks. I'm not talking Matty Rowell or Sam Walsh levels, um, but you know, an average of 70, 75 is probably not out of the, the realms of possibility for Tommy Powell. Which would be a really solid cash generation on the bench as well. And almost an M8 spot if he, um, if he does get some midfield minutes or CBAs. Um, a lot to look forward to in that north side, considering you know they're probably they're probably done and dusted for the season already. Coming out of round two, let's be honest. Uh, just quickly, Matt, in the ruck, um, we've obviously had a few options more than we've ever had before in Supercoach. I might add, um, in the rookie department, who have you got that are must must haves in that department? Well, I think Matt Flynn is is the number one option to have, and I think most people will either have him at R two or R three. Um, so whether you're trading him in or not, uh, most people will probably have him by the end of this weekend. Um, obviously, Paul Hunter's another one who's been playing games. I don't see him lasting too much longer. Um, Brett Ratton was talking about Rowan Marshall's impending return, saying that he's about two weeks away. So even if Paddy Ryder still misses the next couple of weeks, uh, Hunter's probably out of that side soon. The other one is Lloyd Meek, who's quite an interesting prospect because he... Obviously, he had that round one by himself and played quite well. And he played with Sean Darcy, which was a little bit unexpected, but once again, was quite serviceable. So whether Fremantle go with a two-headed 
uh, ruck lineup. I'm not too sure. I guess we'll see how that goes this week. But I'd say Matty Flynn at this stage is is outstandingly the the number one prospect. And then probably in a couple of week time, weeks' time, you might be looking at someone like a Josh Treacy um, when he returns, which will probably be this week if he plays. Yep, Josh Treacy is a great prospect for Frio. Um, another one, yeah, Lloyd Meek. Um, obviously, he's going to change price this weekend after playing two games. Um, and Sean Darcy has come back into that side. So they're kind of sharing rock responsibilities. Um, but what's working in, in Mick's favour is the fact that they've had so many key forward injuries. They had Alex Pierce, a obviously key defender, playing forward last week. Um, he got injured, so they brought in Sean Darcy and they shared the ruck duty. Mick was a bit forward as well. But played when he was playing behind the ball in that rucks, um, ruck spot, he was really good uh, with the defensive marks, obviously intercept marks and um, contested marks are the high points in Supercoach. So he's looking at a really good break even. He's going he's gonna to fly up in price, which is very positive um, for, for Supercoach uh, teams. And then moving on into the forward line, um, there's, a, there's quite a lot of rookies available, including a couple of swans that everyone should probably have right now. Will, who are your, who are your must-haves in the forward line for rookies? There's a couple of Swans guys as well. Plenty of Swans Swans rookies available this year. Braden Campbell um, and Chad Warner, uh, the, two, the two main ones. Um, 144,000 uh, for Warner and then 189.3 for, for Campbell. Um, and they've both looked pretty impressive so far. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if you're looking for looking for more forward options, they're definitely, definitely wants to go after. And um, Jarman Impey as well was fantastic on Saturday against the Tigers with... What do you end up with? 123. Um, and yeah, if he if he continues that form, he's gonna gonna be handy for your scoring as well as as well as your cash gen. And then uh, one last one as well, James Rowe didn't do too well on Saturday against the Swans, but um, you know he's he's cheap, 117.3k, and um, and he'll keep keep going up in price with a few um, with a few more decent scores. Yeah, one one is to look at is if you have the luxury of a trade this weekend um harrison jones has probably disappointed um coaches he has a break even of 20 so the amount of forward spots available for rookies right now that are in a better situation than he is as a key forward at essendon who are underperforming um you should be looking to move him on after a score of five on the weekend uh didn't get too many touches in that one against port so um, Tyler Brockman is is a great option there. If you if you didn't bring him in at the start, Jimmy Rowe and then the two Swans as well, they're really good options. Um, and hopefully, let's hope that Miles Bergman holds his spot as well for Port. And on those forwards, um, Matt, is there any reason for you to be bringing in uh, Taylor Walker or the like? Yeah, I think he's one to really consider. Obviously, he scored some really big scores and he's averaging 144 and a half, which is completely absurd to think that the old Tex is back. Um, Renaissance. Absolutely. And it's so exciting to watch, especially with that young Adelaide side who's seemingly moving the ball extremely quickly. And, and it's just a lot of fun to be watching that side. But from a super coach sense, his break even is a negative 114. He's expected to rise $93.9,000 this week, um, which is a lot in one week, which is, it's always, it's always welcome. Um, but it, I'd only really look at it if you have someone like a Jai Caldwell who is out for four to six weeks and you have that 350K that you need to find someone you don't really can't go up and going down 
whether it's to a rookie or another mid price, who's really the only option. Just the reason is I don't think Tex is going to continue to score as many points. And I, I, I would hesitate to expect him to average or score 100 over the next few weeks. But his run over the next six games is something that is some, that you should take into account because he does, over the next three, he's got Gold Coast, North Melbourne, and Fremantle. Then he's got Hawthorne and GWS. So that's five games against pretty average sides. Especially, I mean, Fremantle has been playing well, but GWS in particular is quite down at the moment. And their games that I don't think he's going to score, you know, kick bags of five or six and and win the or try and win the game for Adelaide. But he is definitely going to play pretty well against subpar sides. An average of 70, maybe 80 is not out of the question. And that's going to generate a lot of cash. So I don't think you'd be bringing him in for the points, which... At, I mean, if he's continues scoring 140, it's going to be nice. But you'd be looking at him for cash generation and the fact that he's going to make 150 grand over the next two weeks and potentially 200 to 250 grand over the next four or five. So that's the reason I'd be looking at him. Um, it's purely for cash generation. If he scores well, then that's a bonus. Um, but cash is king at this stage of the season. And it's about you know converting players who aren't scoring ca- aren't scoring points and aren't making cash into blokes who are. So that's the reason I'd be moving to him from Jai Caldwell. So obviously he's um, leading the Coleman right now. He's averaging an insane number in Supercoach. Um, is there an argument to be taking him over someone that you've missed out in the forward line, like a Chad Warner? So obviously Tex has a, a negative 114 break even, which is absurd to be thinking about. Um, but Chad Warner, who is who is about 145-ish k um, cheaper in the forward line, and also a negative 80, would you be taking Tex over him if it's not about uh, the points that he's going to be scoring? Yeah, it's one move that you could look at doing, which I think has some um, merit, would be going from Jai Caldwell down to a Chad Warner and, and netting that 200 grand and then using that money to upgrade Pat Cripps or you know Tim Taranto or an underperforming premium. So you're still getting a premium option. You're still getting the cash generation. That's not a bad way to look at it. But I think I'd rather at this stage of the season have my cash on field um, and not sitting in the bank waiting to be spent. But it's definitely an approach that you could take. Where if you expect Taylor Walker to be scoring maybe 60 or, or sub 60, and you expect Chad Warner to be scoring about the same, or even if you expect Chad Warner to be scoring 10 points less a week than, than Taylor Walker, you may as well go down, save the extra 150 grand and spend it next week when you look at upgrading someone else. But there's two, yeah, a couple of different ways to skin the cat in this situation. And just quickly on those mid-prices and primos you were talking about that may be injured this week, um, is there any update on Nat Fife? Yeah, so Nat Fife's another interesting case. Um, obviously, copped a heavy bump from Reed on the weekend and looked to be concussed and was eventually subbed out of the game. Um, reports out of Fremantle are a little bit more positive than what they may appear at this stage. Um, so he looks like he... So when he, was, when he came off the ground at the 22nd minute mark of the third quarter, uh, the protocol suggests that you have to wait 20 minutes before doing any concussion tests to allow for times uh, for delayed uh, concussion symptoms to take place. Um, so he did wait the 20 minutes and then complete the concussion test and passed it. But by the time he'd passed it, it was five minutes left in the game and Fremantle didn't think it was worthwhile putting him back in the game. And that's why he was subbed off at the end of the third quarter because there just wouldn't be enough time for him to go you know, off the ground, complete the concussion test, and then come back on. But he passed his concussion test, 
concussion protocol suggests that he should be right for this week. Uh, I guess it comes down to the AFL and their decision on whether their ruling on, on the medical sub is that he misses 12 games regardless because he was subbed off for a head knock. So I guess it's wait and see, but all reports out of Fremantle is that he's actually fit and, and can take on Carlton this week. Right. That's some very interesting news from our man on the ground, Matt Forrest. All right, moving on to um, the Primos, who probably have underperformed. Um, I think there's been quite a few of them uh, this for, for the last two weeks, and a lot of them are going to be losing cash. Um, I know, obviously, Lockie Neal in particular, he's been the most expensive player um, to, go, to go by in the midfield, and a lot of people started with him because they're expecting uh, scores that got him the Brownlow medal last year. Maddie, who do you reckon in, in the midfield must is probably a, is probably a trade out right now for, for the Primos? I don't think any are really people that you should be moving out. We're obviously two rounds into the season and it's not time to really um, have many concerns. Obviously, there's alarm bells that are ringing, but you pick these blokes for a reason and, and that's to score points. The only reason I'd be looking at trading blokes out is if you have the luxury to be able to do that, if you haven't stuffed up any of your rookie picks or any of you, no one has an injury, um, then you could potentially look at moving them on. But you only have 30 trades across 22 weeks, really, to to make a difference to your side. And if you're trading out a bloke like Lockie Neal, who's going to dip in price, um, to just bring him in back later, um, it's probably a mistake because... Yes, you're saving yourself 100, 150 grand over the next few weeks and then getting him on the cheap. But that's two trades that you could have had um, to upgrade rookies and, and change mid-prices to, to premiums later in the season. So the only one I'd really look at is someone like a Patrick Cripps who's reportedly car- carrying an injury, which would usually be a four to six week injury. Uh, apparently he's managing that with injections after each game and throughout training. So that's one to watch whether he does miss time. Um, he's obviously not scoring as well as we have grown to expect with an 82 and I think an 87 or 88 in round one. Um, so if you have the luxury to, to trade him on, maybe a Sam Walsh around that same sort of price point, um, that wouldn't be a bad decision. But at the same time, you've got to assess the situation and, and see if it's really worthwhile trading someone because unless you've nailed all your rookies and your mid prices are scoring well, um, there's probably a lot more problems in your side than, than Paddy Cripps scoring an 88, which is not the worst thing to be, not the worst score in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more there. Um, just quickly to, to make it a, like, to understand it a bit more. Obviously, Lockie Neal has a break even of like, he's not going to attain it. It's 271. He's, he's expected to go down in price by about 75,000 um, this weekend. But the reason that we're not trading these guys out are because we're going to want them for the rest of the season. We're expecting them to average higher than most midfielders they're gonna they're gonna average a high premium score for the rest of the season and the fact that you're not trading them out means you don't lose the coin that they're going to expend um and and let's go to will um any other line that you think there should be a premium uh being dropped from your side i know i know the back line uh we started with a lot of primos there any are there any back there that you think should be um removed or or considered to be moved uh, I think the only one you should be moving uh, is Rory Laird if you're moving him to the midfield because um, of his because of his DPP status. Um, I think think the backline 
primos are pretty um pretty good this year and there's um yeah not not too much wrong with them and i'll say what matt said as well patty cripps uh, he's on my watch list i'll be tracking how how that pans out with his um alleged injury during the week um but i think um uh, think i'll hold on to him if he plays as well yeah, absolutely. Uh, Roy there with the DPP. And uh, I might add in round two, the Rucks, they came back in a good way. Uh, Max Gorn obviously won 137, which was very thankful for owners of him. Brody Grundy performed as well. Uh, Riley O'Brien was very quiet. And um, I might add in the midfield, Andrew Gaff was pretty atrocious again. Um, so if you started with those two guys, it's worth considering. Um, do you think they're going to be a uh, top three or four to um, eight scoring midfielder if you're, if you're Andrew Gaff. Um, do you think they're going to be a top scoring in their position? I'm not too sure about that if I'm the owner of either of those two guys. Moving on to the next section. Captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. We have O oh, captain, my captain. Matt, who's, your, who's going to be your vice captain and captain this, this week? Well, I think probably a pretty safe way to look at it is if you have any Western Bulldogs midfielders, they're probably going to score pretty well against North Melbourne. Um, obviously, I'm talking Jack McRae, Marcus Bontempelli, Josh Dunkley, um, Adam Trelaw, if you've got a little pod. Um, blokes like this who are playing, they're playing at Marvel Stadium on a Friday afternoon um, against, yeah, the worst side in the competition. And all of them can put up really big scores. So that's a really safe vice-captaincy option if you've got any of those. Um, and then you could probably look at, there's a sort of a pickings of whether it's Dustin Martin at the MCG against Sydney. You could probably look at Max Gorn against GWS, Clayton Oliver against GWS. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of options for you this week. But my safest bet, I'd say, would be any Western Bulldogs player against North Melbourne. And then... Maxi Gorn against Matty Flynn this week. Yep, obviously that uh, Dogs North clash is on the Friday, the early Friday clash for Good Friday. Um, so they they play nice and early in the week. If you do have a loophole on your bench, like a couple of us would have, not too many at this stage. Um, and then going into the later rounds, uh, Max Gordon and Clary Oliver are really good options. Uh, Will, any any other suggestions on your end? I think I'll be going with the old faithful um, Brody Grundy into into Max Gorn for the vice captain and captain. Obviously, we saw him have have some pretty good weeks this week, and I think um, with the Lions, Oscar McInerney potentially injured. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, so yeah, big no, not injured. I'm no, wrong. he's he's not. So um, the news out from Brisbane is that he did roll his ankle early in the game. Um, and they taped it up and he played on. But it was a case of... Essentially, when you do an ankle, it, it typically, especially if you take the boot off to strap it, it'll continue swelling um, to a point where there's no range of motion. So it just got to a stage where he physically couldn't move his ankle around, which makes it really hard to run and, and compete um, in contests. But it's not a long-term injury. He'll still be around and, and playing this week um, unless something drastic changes Um during training. But at this stage, it's just a rolled ankle, which once the swelling goes down, he'll be fine. Yeah, cool. I think, um, I think I'll think i still still be going Grundy into into Max Gorn. Um, but yeah, big, big chance for another a couple of big scores from those guys there as well. Yeah, obviously Collingwood um, being able to play back at home, well, not quite their home, but still in Melbourne at Marble Stadium. 
Um, that's a big advantage for Brody against uh, a bruised and battered Lions team who just went down to the Cattery and have been forced to stay in Melbourne, um, expecting to go home. So there's a bit of a report out today about them going shopping uh, to buy some new clothes, which is very interesting. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that clash, um, obviously, on the Thursday night, which is the first game of the week. Uh, obviously, the Supercoach Super Sanctum podcast brought to you by the Inner Sanctum. Uh, it's been a pleasure to bring this to you for the last three weeks. And let's look ahead to round three with um, keen eyes. Please, please make sure you use your two trades if you haven't nailed your rookies at the start. And we'll see you next week.